Welcome everyone to another episode of Elbows Type Podcast. It's your host Travis and John. John, what are we talking about today? Man, we're going to continue our discussion on uh, jiu-jitsu and some philosophy and some of the correlation we see between the two. Yes, sir. Uh, today we're going to be doing number six through ten of our ten ways like John just mentioned and we're just going to jo- go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh John, what what's the number 6? Striving for continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh BJJ practitioners are encouraged to strive for continuous improvement, helping them to develop the perseverance and dedication necessary to reach their goals. What was that word? Perseverance? <laughs> what is he messing with me? I'm only on my sixth cup of coffee. Lordell just came home and uh she brought me uh some Starbucks. It is delicious. So this is my like sixth cup of coffee also. So striving for continuous improvement. I mean, that's a for sure in jiu-jitsu. 100%. Right? Um, I think the only downside is you might feel like you're not getting that improvement, but it's there. It's just incremental. Yeah, it's kind of like going to the gym and then looking in the mirror every day. Like oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're making progress that you don't see until uh, one day you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be like, you're going to see an old photo of you or you're going to mm-hmm. to more of a jiu-jitsu aspect you're going to go for a technique that you haven't done for a while and it's going to it's going to click or yeah. you're going to actually be able to execute a technique that you've been working on for a while uh and it's going to click you know what i mean like think i think that's that's the incremental improvements that we don't necessarily see or even your gas tank yeah yeah for sure um and i think you know continuously showing up continually battling through that stuff having the perseverance transitions over into your life right yeah uh, it's got to make your your work choices easier um probably smarter yep absolutely and there's just so much value in knowing that and being honest with yourself that you're not perfect and there's always room for improvement that's the beautiful part about jujitsu is no matter how long you do it you can always get better at a technique you can always do a pass smoother you can always get a better gas tank be be more efficient uh you know there's just there's you're never gonna be perfect at jujitsu and you're never gonna do a technique absolutely perfect uh maybe once in a while you know you for you it may be perfect but to someone else they might have a way to make it better you know air quotes on that or to help you improve um, you know, just having the mindset of continuous improvement is so valuable for life and in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and jiu-jitsu is going to force you to do that anyway. Um, you know, if you've been doing this for any matter of time, maybe you had like the strongest grips in the world when you started, you know, and, and you could grab somebody's lapel and they're never getting out of there, right? <laughs> I can guarantee you after a, a couple years, you might start noticing like, man, my fingers really hurt. Yep. Uh, my knuckles are swollen. Maybe it's time for me to change my game a little bit, and I'm going to let that grip go because it's more painful to hold on to it. Yeah. You know, so you'll constantly evolve. Yeah. And with that evolution, your training partners also are constantly improving too, Mm -hmm. which there's been a lot of talk lately on social media about the importance of your training partners, and it is so vital that your training partners improve along with you because if you aren't improving together then it's going to be it's going to lead to stagnation in everyone you know what i mean so if you have training partners that don't have that continuous improvement mindset and you do you're only going to be able to get as good as your training partners you know what i mean otherwise you're going to have to start going outside of your academy so implementing that continuous improvement mindset into your training partners is also a, a big thing 
that you should be doing to help you improve as well. Agreed. You know, so how does that play into life, John? Well, I think I talked about it a little bit, right? Um, continuously doing that with your jiu-jitsu journey is going to transfer over to your work life for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it could bleed into more of your personal life with your significant other. Oh, man, You're good point. You're going to for ways to improve your relationship, uh, yeah. probably help them out, yeah. help them with things that they're trying to improve upon. And I think it just helps ingrain a certain patience with that that you probably didn't have before that. Dude, so true. How many times do you know you talk to others that are going through difficult endeavors in life or you know your significant other right they're facing adversities you know they want to be better than what they are you know and maybe they don't have that continuous improvement mindset that is developed through martial arts and you know you kind of implement or try to help them by saying like, hey, look, it's it's okay. You know what I mean? Like I go through this constantly in jujitsu and it's really helped me in my personal life. And this is ways that you might be able to um, accept that there's room for improvement. Yeah, you know just, I, mean? I think it's big to remember it's continuous improvement. Continuous, that's a big it's word. It's not like yeah. you're, you're chasing a goal, like maybe it's a, to get that degree in whatever you want and you're striving, 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 focus on it. You get it and you have that that satisfaction for the moment and then it's gone and you're moving on to the next thing. Whereas the continuous improvement, especially in jujitsu, it's continuous because you're never finished. So you should never have that letdown. You're going to constantly improve. You know, you're going to have the highs, the lows, but there's no end goal. How do you feel to play kind of like a devil's advocate? What do you see the downside of a continuous improvement mindset in your life? A downside? I don't know if there is a downside per se. I mean, maybe you'll have some, uh, dissatisfaction if you don't feel like you're progressing as fast as you should mm -hmm. um but keeping that in mind i mean it's called continuous improvement because you're always improving yeah i've heard some some rebuttals on this you know growth mindset of if you're constantly trying to improve then you never actually achieve success because you're always looking for the next thing you know what i mean and it, it was interesting to me i've learned this in like bus my business classes and whatnot and uh, you know that was kind of interesting to me because i can see it right if you're constantly thinking you have to improve then you can kind of have like a unhealthy habit or unhealthy relationship with goals and with achieving success because if you never feel like you truly are succeeding because there's always the next step then how do you accept when you do have a victory? Well, I don't think you need to be failing for continuous improvement. I think you could be at the highest level of success and still improving. No, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm just saying like like kind of like a devil's advocate. Yeah. If you guys have a, a different point of view on that, let us know. DM us on Instagram or put it down in the comment section on YouTube and let us, let us know how you guys view continuous uh, improvement and how it plays into your life. Uh, John, what's, what's number two? Let's see. We have understanding the value of collaboration. Um, BJJ teaches practitioners to work together with their opponents, helping them develop an understanding of of the power of collaboration. Yeah, obviously, right? You definitely see that on the mats. Uh, yeah. If you don't have a, a good partner, the training's atrocious. It's horrible, <laughs> right? Um, if you got a partner that just lays there like a fish and gives you no uh, resistance, you're not really getting any, any training. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you want good collaboration and you know, I see a lot of collaborating um, that Travis does with other podcast hosts, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always a big thing they're talking about. And it's much easier in life if you have people that you can collaborate with instead of, I mean, what, who you're going to bounce the ideas off of, you know, your, yep. your, your alternate self. That's not going to work too well. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's true. And it's kind of like the saying, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all ships. I've been using that lately because it's just so true. And being a, you know, a Navy vet, anything to do with nautical stuff is <laughs> got, it has a heart, you know, a place in my heart. But, you know, like John mentioned, you, if you're a bad uke, the the likelihood of someone wanting to collaborate with you or partner with you in class, in other words, is very low. I don't want to work with people that don't have uh, that mindset of building off of each other. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're growing together. And it kind of goes back into the continuous improvement with your training partners, right? If you're an uke or uh, a, a tori and you're going way harder than you should because you're trying to prove something during technique or something like that, or you just flop all over the place and you don't give that resilience or the resistance that you know you probably should. It's going to be hard for people to want to partner with you, and it plays into life too because if you're not open to collaborating with other people, you're, you're going to be isolated. And then isolation is only going to make you progress slower or you're going to have a harder time getting better uh, because you're not going to have any outside entity telling you, you know, looking from the outside in uh, how things could be improved or what things uh, you can do differently. Um, And once again, this kind of ties into that continuous improvement mindset. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you wanted to throw this in like a business aspect, you'd obviously want to collaborate with if you have an end product, you might want to talk to the manufacturer, right? If you can't. If you couldn't uh, collaborate with them to get that product maybe more streamlined or or more efficient manufacturing, which would help you both, then uh, life's going to be real tough for you. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too is like back in the day, collaboration in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was not accepted. If you went anywhere outside of like your coach or your professor – uh, you know, you were a Creonch. Like they, they're like, you're like, oh, you're collaborating with the enemy. <laughs> like yeah. you can't go out. You're there. showing them our techniques. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. with like collaboration, could even be seen as instructionals, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're taking other information from people uh, to help improve, and then you can implement it into your game. If a good point is. Bad instructionals don't sell as good as good instructionals, right? If you have bad information or you're just not good at putting your information out there, uh, it's going to be a lot harder for people to want to take that information and use it. And, you know, that's more of a collaboration in a sense of, you know, they're using your product to help improve right. themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's that's how collaboration, the value of collaboration plays into jujitsu and life. Uh, number eight is finding strength in vulnerability. This could honestly be a bumper sticker. Like <laughs> I when when we you know we're going over this, I was like, man, finding strength in vulnerability. That is such a good thing, man. You know, uh Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu teaches practitioners to understand the value of vulnerability and to use it as a source of strength. It is true, man. You have to be willing to put yourself in vulnerable positions in jiu-jitsu in order to grow. If you are constantly only putting yourself in dominant or mm-hmm. advantageous positions for yourself, you are missing out on so much opportunity, man. It is incredible what putting yourself in bad positions, starting off in someone's guard, starting off in bottom side control, starting off with someone locking in a submission and you trying to work it to get out of there. There is so much value that you grow and gain from that. It You have to do it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like 
this is by far my favorite one so far. Yeah, and we kind of hit on it in the previous episode when we talked about um, loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're not putting yourself out there in class, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're not going to know if you could hit that that submission if you don't go for it. Right. Um, you know, if you're constantly on your back playing defense, which I was so guilty of for yeah. quite a while, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. And, like, you can take it outside of jiu-jitsu, right? If you find yourself at work and you there's an opportunity that comes across your desk, maybe you could uh, take a new job or you could take on an, an alternate duty, but you're, you're passing on it because you're afraid of taking that on and then failing. Um, you're probably stunting your growth there as well. Yeah, and this also goes into asking questions. You mm-hmm. have to be vulnerable to accept that you don't know something. And trust me, I ask a lot. So. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you you, you don't want to be that person. Like people always t- tell us, you know, they don't want to be that person asking questions in class. My my son, he, he goes through, he's going through it right now, and in school. You know, he doesn't want to seem like the stupid kid for asking a question, or you know, he doesn't want to. Uh, have people judge him for asking questions right. or whatever it is. And you have to accept that, you know, you have to be vulnerable. You have to know or be willing to show that you don't know everything. Everyone in jiu-jitsu, there's no one in jiu-jitsu that knows everything, you know, and that's okay. There, there's a, some people out there that know a lot more than others, but they still don't even know everything. That's why the game is constantly changing or, you know, there's always a new instructional out there or, you know, there's there's a new way to look at things and whatnot. Vulnerability is essential in jujitsu, man. Yeah, for sure. You, you have to have it. Yeah. So, um, but like how it plays into life too, kind of like John said, you know, uh, if you are closed off like in your relationship like you don't show emotion you know you're not vulnerable you're not willing to speak out um you know especially like when it comes like mental health things you know that that could be very bad and having that understanding through jujitsu that hey uh i don't know everything i you know there's things that i'm really bad at and i'm okay with that uh i have to be okay with my real life not being great at everything and being able to translate these skills that i've learned from jujitsu and apply them in my real life like asking questions taking new opportunities accepting that you're gonna suck at something when you first start oh for sure (laughs) whether it's snowboarding or being a parent ma'am let me tell you uh being a parent and being vulnerable as a parent to ask other parents for help or your your parents or uh, going to classes to help be a parent, dude. Once again, I I can't I can't say it enough how how valuable that is. Like if if I were to think that I was going to be a grade A parent, amazing from day one, and I would never need help from anyone else, I would be setting myself up for failure from the get go. I never had a doubt I'd be great. Like ever, not joking. <laughs> it's horrible, and it's a learning curve for everyone. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You so. know, everybody starts off with the puppy or the cat, and they're like, "I got this, I can do this." Oh, bro, I can wake then, up in the middle of the night and let him Jesus. out. Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that puppy doesn't scream in your face at three a.m. when you pick him up to try to soothe him. I'm yeah. just doing it. And like my daughter right now is going through like a sleep regression sidebar. My daughter right now is going through a sleep regression, and she's teething, and she has like nighttime uh, uh, separation anxiety. So it's it's a lot. Um, so yeah, definitely. There's, I, I'm about to start researching how can I get over all of this. And if you guys have any suggestions at home, I'm being vulnerable with you. I need help. <laughs> so, John, what, what, what's the what's the next one? 
Welcome, everyone. This episode of Elbows Tight Podcast is brought to you by AminoCo. Travis, go ahead and tell us about AminoCo. So I have been using Perform by AminoCo. It is a 100% science-backed formula, patented, and it is a great pre-workout and intra-workout. Some of the science behind it is it supports athletic performance by triggering muscle protein synthesis and reducing muscle breakdown during exercise. It improves the mental focus and decreases the feelings of fatigue by providing the optimal balance of neurotransmitter precursors. And then finally, it increases nitric oxide production and promotes energy for sustained peak performance. Performance. I've been using this about 30 minutes before my jiu-jitsu classes, and I must say, it has been helping me immensely. I feel more focused. I feel more energized. Recovery after class feels much better. I wake up in the, the morning after and don't feel nearly as beaten up, and it, it, it tastes great. I have the pink lemonade right here. Uh, I have the blue raspberry coming in. John, where the, can people at home find this? You can go to aminoco.com slash elbows tight. You can use the code elbows tight. You'll get 30% off. Again, go to aminoco.com slash elbows tight. Use the code elbows tight to get 30% off. And you get a free gift with every purchase. Ooh. Thank you, AminoCo. Thank you, guys. All right. Knowing when to take risk. Brazilian jiu-jitsu encourages practitioners to assess risk and to act accordingly, helping them to develop a sense of caution and courage in the face of danger. I don't know about in the face of danger, unless we're talking real-life scenario, but, uh, I mean, come on, everyone in class knows. You, you definitely learn how to assess risk. Like, man, now's the time for me to reach out and grab that wrist. I mean, like, <laughs> you're learning, right? Like, it for sure teaches you that, and it, it teaches you the repercussion if you take that risk when you should not have. Absolutely. Uh, is it a good idea to pass your coach's guard when they have a hand in the collar? Well, you're going to learn. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Risk assessment. You're going to learn real quick that that's probably not a good idea. Um, you know, knowing when to take a risk, like whether it's like, okay, um, yeah, I might be in a little bit of a less advantageous, advantageous position if I, you know, let go of a sleeve, but that's because I'm going for a leg or whatever, like you're, you're accessing or success or assessing uh you know risk versus reward <clears throat> a lot of jujitsu is that risk versus reward uh, am i willing to give up my back in order to get out of this position am i willing to forego all grips in order to just just stand up should i let them shoot for a takedown because then i can actually start implementing my game you know like these are all risks that you internally go back and forth with on how what are going to be the rewards and what what are going to be, you know, the risks that are associated with it? If you're going against a, a good wrestler, um, maybe you don't want to let them shoot for a takedown. Maybe it might be better for you to pull guards, Absolutely. you know, something like that. So those those are a couple of examples of, of risk. What about you, John? Yeah. And if, and if you ever notice um, when you're in class and you're you're rolling and you're thinking about these things, time slows down. Yeah. That's like the longest decision making of your life. <laughs> like you could go through the whole gambit in your mind, you know like a really in-depth thought process on should you take this risk or not. And I think that translates over to the real world, right? Yeah. When you're going to be at work or whatever, you take the time to really think about, hey, should I do this or should I not? Maybe maybe it translates in a small way, like should I go buy a new vehicle? What's oh, the yeah. risk? What's the reward? Do I really want that payment? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like I just think it really helps you make decisions in your real life. And because you're so used to making them on the mats – in these, it really, it's a fast time frame. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say. You know, seconds, and you, you're making your the path on the decision you're going to go. But it seems like a long time. 
Like it helps you in, in the real world that way. Yeah. I think, I think jujitsu does a great job of making you learn second nature, like forcibly, like, <laughs> like things come to you second, second nature. Like mm. it's like, it's nothing. And it's through this trial and error of, you know, taking risks and trying something new and being vulnerable, right. That you learn, uh, where you're going to be more successful with a, a bigger risk versus not like we mentioned in work all the time when we have new people that come work for us, they're like, Hey, John, Hey, Travis, uh, would you let this go when it comes to like paperwork, something like that? And it's like, well, it's, it's hard to answer that because my risk assessment and what I'm willing to risk in order to get the job done is going to be a whole lot different than what you're willing to risk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it goes into jujitsu too more because a black belt is going to be more willing to risk something against a lower belt than a lower belt is willing to risk against a higher belt. You know what I mean? Like as a little bit of a seasoned blue belt, I'm willing to give up a, a very uh, bad position to a lower belt because I know the risk is going to be lower of them submitting me. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. You know what I mean? So that's another way to look at it. Like people at different levels are going to have a different risk evaluation and a risk assessment and willing to take risks. So don't base your risk willing uh, willingness to take a risk off of what someone else is willing to take a risk because, you know, it plays into athleticism, age, time on the mat, uh, <laughs> physical physicality like all these things play into taking a risk and it goes into life too uh a more experienced person at work is going to be more willing to take a bigger risk than someone that's less experienced it's all based on you the way i like to um explain that to people is and i'll use mats or at work if you want if you make a decision and it doesn't work out for you can you explain to me why you made the decision oh yeah don't blindly make a decision yeah don't blindly reach out and try something Right. Did you have a thought press thought process behind that decision? And can you explain it to me? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, that's good, too. And it goes into, you know, um, I made this Instagram post about uh, a a reel and it was talking about how conversational jujitsu is very underrated and visualizing in jujitsu is very underrated because if you can visualize or have these conversations about these these risks that you're willing to take. Maybe someone else can tell you whether that's a good risk or a bad risk, right? And then when it comes to that situation, you're like, um, should I do this? Like, well, coach told me that it's probably not the greatest idea to do it. And then you can assess if you want to actually go forth with that or not. You know what I mean? So think of a scenario of where something might not work out for you and then talk to someone about it and understand mm-hmm. the risks. If you don't know what the risks are, I mean, great, great point is you're like, hey, uh, why don't I just stand up? You know, you're you're assessing the risk of what, why wouldn't I just stand up? And then, you know, someone else can be like, well, because that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are those are how, uh, you know, risk playing into jujitsu and the philosophy in life and whatnot, too. So, John, you got anything else on that one? No, I don't. And then the final number mm. 10, practicing humil- uh, humility and self-awareness. All these tie into this final one because... So much self-awareness goes into jiu-jitsu in order to succeed. Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners are encouraged to practice humility and self-awareness, helping them to develop a sense of self-confidence and respect for others. Preach, man. Holy crap. How many times have you respected someone because of their belt color or because they've submitted you before or, you know, their their background in grappling or wh- whatever it is? Like, you just... You acknowledge that they have something 
better than you and you can gain from them no matter what they're like there's white belts that i go to where i'm like i'm like man you did that really great how you know what i mean having the self-awareness that i don't know everything and this person is is better than me even if they are lower rank yeah and just being able to ask them that question right you don't want to have some massive ego or you know you don't have the humility to ask the question and i feel like almost all of these tie into this last one where we kind of hit on that i mean yeah, you quickly get to humility, right? Like, yep. Um, self-awareness, you know, and I think by that they mean like being aware of how you are when you're on the mat and how you're treating people and how you're rolling and, you know, you don't want to have a, a mat stopped and someone's yelling at you for being too aggressive. Or, Preach. Or anything like that, you know what I mean? It just teaches you to be really self-aware. Yeah, we see these things online too of, you know, jiu-jitsu kills the ego and yes and no. Because you develop a different ego in jujitsu, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you may not have that. I'm, you know, I'm a big tough guy. Blah blah blah. Uh, no one can beat me mentality when it comes to jujitsu until you know you become more confident in it. Uh, but you do develop a different ego. You definitely look at people and think that they shouldn't give you as hard of a time, or they might not know more than you, right? Uh, but you have to have the self-awareness of when that gets in the way and how it's going to be detrimental to you. You know what I mean? If you don't ever have the self-awareness to know that you're kind of being a dick right now, then it's you're setting yourself once again, you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, you you can't you can't do that. Uh jiu-jitsu humbles everyone at one point. Uh anyone can get caught. We always talk about it. anyone can get caught in a submission. You could be lackadaisical just letting someone work, mm-hmm. you know, and then boom, they, they have tight. a submission. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it's because you weren't you weren't practicing humility. You know what I mean? You were just letting them work. And uh, Sean, our, our our black belt, has you know he's admitted before where he let someone work too much, and then they ended up getting them. And he's like, "Damn it! I now I know. You know the self awareness of now I know this person can't. I can't give this person this this position because they're going to submit me or they're going to be dominant in it." So, what do you think about um? Is it ego or is it lack of humility or is it common in jiu-jitsu gyms? I mean, we've only seen it one time. I haven't seen it anywhere else I went. Where um, Do you remember the yelling for don't roll near a higher belt? Yeah. I mean, so when we heard that, I think that was the only time we've ever really heard that, right? Yeah. It was like loud and kind of like uh, aggressive and like, yeah. like, what the hell are you thinking? Right. Remember how odd that was to us then? Like, yeah. Is that guy serious? It, like, <laughs> you remember? Yeah, it definitely. Like, that's... I don't, I don't know, know if, if that's, that's ego. Yeah, I know. It was just, int- it, it didn't come off as like, uh, oh God, it didn't come off good. I guess yeah. is the word I'd go with. Yeah, I don't know if it's ego or more of a sense of like, maybe that was a tradition to them that they were know. trying to respect. I'd be interested if listeners have that happen in their gym or. or yeah, how do you guys move out of the way for higher belts when you're rolling or how does that work? Because how would you even see the higher belt when you're yeah, rolling? Yeah, if my back's to you and I'm rolling all yeah, over the like, place, I'm sorry if I, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, I get not being spastic and being all over the gym. Right. But when you got a, a decent sized mat space with, you know, 25 people down rolling, yeah. I just don't know. I don't, I don't see how you would really be aware of that for anyone. Yeah. And I think it goes into, you know, kind of like the. We've already mentioned in this, like having the discipline and respect yeah, for others, yeah. also, you know, like well, maybe that's what rubbed it the wrong way. Yeah, like because I think there, I think even though you know belts, you know, people mention like belts are pointless or whatever. I definitely think that the they do having a rank system does imp- have its own like respect aspect in it, and I do enjoy that because uh, it shows that someone's worked for 
their rank. It shows someone that, you know, they, they have seniority or, you know, who, who knows more in a sense. Well, not necessarily who knows more, but who's more experienced. I like, I like having a rank system in martial arts because I don't know, it builds in that, that discipline and that, that understanding of like, Hey, there's, there's someone out there that better than you, or there's someone out there that might know more than you or an authoritative figure. I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. I just, when I see a higher belt, what I, I really just, it's not that I respect the individual cause I don't know them. But I do respect the time and the effort you yeah. put in to get that. Yeah. Like, that's what it is for me. Yeah, but, and I think that goes into the self-awareness part, too, because if you are if you don't have the humility or self-awareness to accept that someone has put in the time on the mat, uh, whether they're older than you, younger than you, I mean, it could honestly be like me as a you know 33-year-old blue belt. If I see like a, a 21-year-old blue belt and I was like, I don't really care, they're they don't have any life experience. They're just, they're young. I don't, I don't care about, you know, they're, they're, or, I mean, let me, let me say that uh, like a 21 year old, a purple belt or brown belt or black belt or whatever it is. It's like not having the humility to be like, man, those guys, that guy's crushing it, you yeah, know, crushing like, it. Yeah. yeah you know what sure. I mean? Like not having the self-awareness of like, like, yeah, they're better than me. I, I may be older and have more life experience, but when it comes to life experience on the mats, they're, <laughs> they're crushing 100% me. 100% agree. <laughs> You know, so it, it kind of plays in, in, into that also. So how how does this work into real life, though? I mean, I feel like we kind of hit on a little bit. Um, if we're talking about, like, the philosophy aspect of it, self-awareness is huge. I mean, that's what it is. You're reflecting. You're reflecting on decisions either, either you've made or a lot of times you can collaborate with other people and you guys can yeah. talk about what you're seeing and coming up with uh, better decision-making moving forward. And, yeah. You know, like, sometimes you ever, like uh, – had a conversation and or maybe you're in an argument and you said something you wish you wouldn't have said and you wish you would have handled it differently yeah that's kind of where i get with the humility and self-awareness it's going back thinking about that conversation going man i really wish i would have took that a different way or i wish i would have imparted some different knowledge that's a good point that's a good point how many times do you reflect after a role Mm -hmm. and you're like man if i would have just held on a little bit longer or maybe if i put my hand here or maybe if i wouldn't have given up this position. How different would it have been? Yeah, that's a good point. Or maybe it was just I was even a shitty partner that class, right? Like maybe yeah. I wasn't really mentally there, and my my poor partner had to deal with that shit. You know? Yeah. Great points, John. Yeah. So you got anything else for for these ten? Nope. All right. Let's go ahead and recap it one more time. Number one, or sorry, number six. <laughs> striving for continuous improvement. You always got to have that continuous improvement mindset. That way you always are looking to improve. Yeah. And then we had um, understanding the value of collaboration and simply that's just more minds are better than one. That's right. Uh, And then number eight, finding strength and vulnerability. Probably the biggest one. You have to be vulnerable. You have to understand that you're not going to know everything and asking questions is okay and not knowing is okay. Yeah, for sure. And then we had... um, Knowing when to take risk. If you don't know that yet, you will learn it quickly. <laughs> Trial and error will tell you when a good, it's a good risk and when it's a bad yeah, risk. Absolutely. <laughs> and then finally, number ten: practicing humility and self awareness. The you do you do have an ego that is killed when you first start jujitsu, but then a different ego is developed through jujitsu. And how you handle that ego through humility and self awareness is how you will navigate your jujitsu journey with others. Also, so. Uh, those are our 10. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this series of our 10 ways philosophy and jiu-jitsu intertwine into real life on and off the mats. And uh, this was a, this was a great conversation, these these two episodes. Man. Yeah, if anyone's got any good stories or things they've seen happen, like share them with
them with us. We'd love to, to yeah. hear them. Yeah, absolutely. You can hit us up on Instagram at elbows tight. DM me. I answer all DMs. Uh, you can comment down below, uh, or if there's, you can email us any way you want to get a hold of us. If you want to tell us a story or you have questions, please let us know. So, uh, but thank you guys so much for listening and watching at home. And uh, remember, no oil checks here. Oops. All right, guys. Peace.